Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on Hello the everybody, floor. and welcome back to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for I am your host, Dylan Reed Miller And I'm your guest, Spencer Seams Hi, welcome to the show Hey, it's uh, fun being here For those of you following along at home This is episode 14 Which means we're beginning with minute 1301 and ending at minute 14. As we open, Chris, the son from the Rich family, is uh, ascending the staircase, uh, and his father is watching him do that, and there's weird porn music. It is so weird. It sounds like music that should be in a porn, which is so not okay for what's happening, and I can't even begin to describe how uncomfortable this makes me. <laughs> but it's not that out of the question, because, like, the, his dad doesn't look anything like him. Like, they did a terrible job of uh, casting uh, family members. Yeah, there's so little family resemblance, because Phil's, like, I mean, I guess they probably dyed his hair that color, <laughs> but he is bleach blonde and, like... <laughs> Heavier set, not at all built the same way as Chris. They, yeah, they just don't look anything alike. There's this very awkward scene with very awkward music. It then cuts into the next scene, uh, which takes up the rest of our minute. And we get a little shot of the pool, uh, still with the weird porn music, which is a little disturbing. The pool becomes kind of a central theme for Chris in his exploration of uh, romance with Franny, his quote-unquote love interest. Yeah, but big quotations there. His story is very focused on the pool. So we, we, we get to this shot of the pool with a lot of palm trees and stuff. Uh, an angel peeing in the pool. Yes, there's an angel peeing in that pool. It's an interesting comment on youth and innocence. I don't know. It's not any of those things. <laughs> the palm trees are interesting, though, because we still don't know where this is. I also assume California somewhere so so this pool scene once we cut away from this peeing angel after a lot of seconds focusing on it for some reason that i don't understand to take up time yeah the guy hit that 90 minutes gotta get that release time that shot's actually just something they dug up from a, a porn shoot it's not actually at this house at all probably and then we get a scene of the dad phil walking out onto his patio and cleaning question mark the table <laughs> with very little gusto <laughs> I mean, look at him. He doesn't do anything a lot of gusto. No, but he literally like sprays the thing like three times and then doesn't wipe it down and immediately goes to talk to the cat. <laughs> yeah, well, if you, if you see a magical cat appear, then of course you're going to drop everything. No, I mean, I, I can see why he did it. 
But if he's really that easily distracted from his cleaning, I feel like he should hire a maid or something. And we never see that. And the wife is nowhere to be seen if he if he has a wife. Maybe he has like made his kid in a in a science lab. He has the money to do it. I mean, it's possible Chris was a test tube baby. We really don't have any information about it. As we said earlier, the story of his heritage would probably be more interesting. Yeah. So wait, Phil or the kid? I was I was hinting at Chris, but either way, he doesn't clean the patio which i mean it already looks pretty clean to be fair it's the most neat and decent looking place in the house that we've seen so far the rich character in the movie so therefore everything is clean i think it's just part of the magic of being rich you just don't have to do anything everything's just automatically clean like in tv and movies the only time you see like rich people with dirty houses is if when one of their servants is cleaning that kind of it or if they've been like burglarized or something yeah but they can afford to fix it and the patio is awfully bland compared to the rest of his house. Yeah. It's like really boring. Yeah, I was, I was sincerely hoping it would be just as crazy and alien as everything else in the movie. It's very disappointing. There's no weird driftwood with high heels. <laughs> there's no utensil holder in the bedroom. I mean, there is a utensil holder in the bedroom, but there's nothing is out of place on this patio. Just some like, I don't even know what's on that table. Like petals? I don't know. Just a little tiny bit of very neatly arranged mess on a table and some pretty all right chairs. So Phil comes over to talk to Duffy and he like rubs his ears, gives him a little chat about like there's no address on his collar. To which Duffy responds, he doesn't remember his first owners very well, which brings up two interesting points. Number one, first owners, which confirms that it is canon that Duffy has gone through more than one owner already. Wait, so is Phil his new owner? I don't think so. Because he's still trying to return him to his home. He's looking for an address on his collar. I don't think Duffy is owned by anyone, really. The laws of the universe. Duffy is just kind of this entity that shows up. But clearly he has some kind of history of being a domestic house cat. Because he says that he had owners. That he just doesn't remember. Hmm. So that brings up the, the point that he has had multiple owners. And that he's somehow... Like, how old is he? That's a question that I can't fathom the answer to. Or maybe he's beyond gender and beyond age and just... A, a mystical cat that enters people's lives. Duffy is just a... Maybe Duffy is God. Or Buddha. Let's let's get cooler with this. Sure, sure. Duffy is a non-denominational... Um, Annual gift man. Yes, yes. That would actually explain a lot of things. He seems to be pretty ageless. He's magical. He's there just to, like, guide and help you in life. It's a very deist kind of theological attitude. Maybe he's Buddha reincarnated. Maybe that is the answer that we've all been looking for in this movie. That makes too much sense, though. Um, so his origin story would also probably be more interesting, just like Chris's origin story would be more interesting. He pets Duffy under the chin by the ears, and Duffy quite enjoys it, as cats are known to do, I suppose. We get a shot of Duffy staring right into the camera, which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, Buddha staring into our souls. Yeah, Duffy. Then Phil gets up to go and Duffy demands some milk, which is not that outrageous given that he's a cat. Yeah. But it is interesting that in the next scene that Phil and Duffy are in together, he's been given milk. So you could say he's like uh, Scatman Crothers and Phil and 
all the other characters are like his Danny Torrance's. Yeah, it's definitely got a like a weird psychic vibe there. I'm not trying to say that it's impossible that Phil just gave him milk anyway, but the fact that it was brought up and then not followed through on until the next scene that these two have together would imply that maybe he did somehow manage to communicate without actually talking. That's kind of, that brings us to the end of this minute. Do you have any closing thoughts about uh, minute 13? Um, let's see. I'm only halfway done the movie and I feel like mentally I can't handle it. I'm going to power through. That's it. You can watch it minute by minute and listen to the cast to help you get through it. We're here for you, Spencer. Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll try. Thank you all very much for listening to this episode of A Talking Cast. If you enjoyed it and you want to stay up to date with our future episodes, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a talking cast or follow us on Twitter at a talking cast. See you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 14 of A Talking Cast. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller, with guest host Spencer Seams. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. We all miss you, Maddox Bailey.